Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we're covering episode one of Sweet Tooth titled Out of the Deep Woods. Exciting. New show, yeah. new show, <laughs> new show alert. <laughs> yes. This so Paik, you picked this show um, mm-hmm. to cover. And so I want to hear a little bit maybe about what 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 drew you to this um, story and why you thought it would be great for us to cover it on Strange Indeed, if you don't mind. I, I didn't ask you this beforehand, yeah. so I know you didn't really prep <laughs> for it, so I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I'd love to hear oh, about yeah. what 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 made you want to pick this show to cover? Yeah, I saw a couple of little trailers. I tried not to dig too deep into stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's it's based off of a comic book, which comic book adaptations lately have been done so well mm-hmm. and like really carefully crafted. And then I saw, of course, then with Robert Downey Jr. and his wife being kind of behind a lot of this. I was like, okay, it seems kind of like a little bit of a passion project thing. Like maybe there's a reason that they really wanted to do it because. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Robert Downey Jr. is not really known for putting his hat in, like you know, producing a lot of different things. I I I, I didn't look it up, but I think you're right. I haven't don't know that I've yeah. seen him attached to any. I mean, he's been so busy, I guess, with Marvel and you know, yeah. with, with that, um, you know, the whole Avengers and Iron Man and everything for so many years that now mm-hmm. if he's decided to put his name on something and be behind something, it had to be kind of special, is what I kind yeah. of was assuming. Right? <laughs> is that what you were thinking? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, which is funny. Yeah, all the Marvel stuff that he did, and like, I'm, I'm a bad. I never read the comic books, so don't <laughs> don't come at me with <laughs> no, that. Anyway. No judgment, Peg. No judgment. But whatever the the comic book, you know, like the company, the label, whatever the Sweet Tooth is under, mm-hmm. it's an offshoot of DC Comics. Yeah. It's a DC thing. Yeah, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yep. But yeah, I was I was really curious because I like strange stories, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're, That's why we're talking here. on strange, indeed. <laughs> and yeah, it just seemed really interesting. I was like, okay, these human animal hybrid, you know, creatures, children. And it just seemed, yeah, I was like, okay, well, that's a really interesting premise that I want to see where they go with that. And then, of course, I mean, it looks like it's kind of its own little take on like a coming of age story, which I'm a sucker for. So, of course, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. I had to to give it a shot. And so when it first came out, and I knew we were covering Lisey's story first, and I was like, well, let me check it out and see what's going on. And so I watched this first episode back then when it came out, and I was just like hit deeply. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god, like this. I like this a lot. And so it was cool to rewatch cool. it again for to, to cover now. Cause even knowing everything going on in the episode, I was still like, I think it just made me cry more because I knew it was coming. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm not, I have to go through this again. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that. Cause it, it sounds like that it really moved you in mm-hmm. some way and, you know, really touched a chord somewhere. And, and that's why you were, passionate about it and and you know had talked about you know hey if you know i'd love to cover this so um you know and i i i hadn't watched any of the episodes yet but i'd heard of it obviously and you know had heard robert downey jr was behind it you know and had and it was kind of like a project of his and you know heard the premise a little bit but didn't really know a whole lot about it and that it was just based on a graphic novel so that was about all that i knew and then mm-hmm. after it had come out 
without reading any spoilers, just saw headlines like, oh, it was a it was a hit, had a lot of viewership, I heard a lot of positive things about yeah. it without spo- without hearing really what had happened, just hearing that it seemed to have a really good reception and that people really responded well to it. And so I thought, well, yeah, I mean, based on at least what I do know, totally open to it. So I'm glad that you picked this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have to say watching the first episode, um, it was intriguing. It was heartwarming, you know, and I really want to see what happens next. It's, it's definitely captivated yeah. me to where I'm invested in the story and I want to, you know, watch watch what's next in the in these adventures so i'm so excited to finally get to watch the second episode when we're done talking about this one like that is my plan for the night i know (laughs) that's that's where we're at we're getting to that excitement of having the episodes available now because it's on netflix Mm -hmm. so it's all out there and now we're having to like hold ourselves back (laughs) that's the hard part we're back to the hard part again the leasy story we didn't have a choice it was a week by week um, yeah release but here we go yeah yeah, this I think this one will be interesting. I'm I'm excited to to, to talk about it. So, with that being mm-hmm. said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our top five this week. Pake, um, would All you right. do us the honor with um, starting us off with your number five? All right, uh, number five is kind of a quick one, but let's start where we start, mm-hmm. and that is the virus yeah. itself and kind of what sets up everything that's going on. Um. I was wondering, like, why is it now that like all these viral outbreaks causing downfalls of humanity storylines are like really big on TV? It's yeah, like, is what it is up? really bad timing, or maybe it's good timing? I don't know. What do people need this as like a? Well, at least it's not this bad, or it's like I don't know. But I'm with because, you. You know, we just did. You know, with you and Ben, and I would pop on here and there with the stand, and mm-hmm. then there's been other things that are like really getting a lot of traction right now in this kind of area. It's like it's strange. Yeah, and these are not new <laughs> stories. You know, the this graphic novel that Sweet Tooth is based on, I don't remember the exact year, but I think I read somewhere that it's, you know, it's several years old. So this mm-hmm. is, you know, this the the base story, the foundation material is several years old, clearly pre-pandemic. So, yeah. you know, but now all of this stuff and and then the stand was the 70s. You know, when Stephen King uh, wrote that. So that was, you know, many, many years ago, clearly pre-pandemic. So it's like, why? Why are we? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where's all this coming from? (laughs) (laughs) So, But uh, yeah, the virus in this show, this series, this story, uh, H5G9 Mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, And yeah, it just seems to be something that... Yeah, it just takes over people pretty quickly. There's no cure. There's no way out of it. It kind of seems that it's it's a death sentence for anybody who catches it. And yeah. it's fast and it's it's deadly and it's bad. Um, and we really said, you know, the pinky finger twitching mm-hmm. that we see with people was just really unsettling. It's kind of a tell, I guess, that that's yeah, what's but, wrong with them. Yeah, so just visually it looks horrifying and it's mm-hmm. just it kind of affects you. But then, yeah then they can use that as a storytelling thing where we see the doctor, Dr. Singh's wife when she's feeling sick. So he rushes her off to the hospital and then he sees while they're kind of huddled in the elevator, the finger going and he knows, all right, that's it for her there. And then, so he kind of makes himself useful in other places, but he, he kind of has to just let go and you see him zoning out and you know, it's, it's, it's hard there. And then even though I don't think Gus is aware of any of that stuff, his, father had never really told him any of that but we see us as the the viewer the audience when we see will forte's character father the father 
with his finger. And then you're like, yeah, that that's, that's it. Gus is kind of have to be on his own at this point and we know what's coming. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, well, I, I love that because I, I can just chime in because my number five is actually, um, and I don't want to railroad your number five because if you have more to say, <laughs> that's fine. But because I have points on it too, um, yeah. I'll just jump in with what, you know, my thoughts is, you know, I, I know when I started watching it, I kind of had heard that I didn't know the exact reason, but I had heard that it was a post-apocalyptic story even before I had um, yeah. uh, watched the series or knew anything about it. And I thought, okay, but I don't know how we got there. And then watching it and realized, okay, we, you know, <laughs> this, this, I feel like series can be, and especially this first episode uh, can be a little triggering maybe for some people. So yeah. I understand where some folks might be, you know, kind of tired of like you said there's several stories out now i don't i haven't watched all of them but i know that seems to be kind of a, a theme lately where a lot mm-hmm. of these you know uh movies or tv shows with pandemics or these viruses or you know something that happens and ca- causes this like post-apocalyptic you know place you know it's it, i'm wondering if it's starting to to wear on people it's not becoming escapism you know i yeah. know i know i talk often as we podcast that you know i i don't worry too much if something isn't too deep like i love just shallow entertainment sometimes because i don't have to think about it and it's an yeah. escape from real life sometimes you don't have to think so much about what's going on in your life or that there's all these things happening in our world you just kind of turn all of that off and just watch something for fun and then you watch something like this and you're like oh this hits kind of <laughs> close to home. So I yeah. I was a little concerned when I started watching. I was like, I'm not sure yet where I, I'm where I've landed on watching a pandemic story that ends in this post apocalyptic world. I mean, there were some things in this episode that really hit pretty close to home. Um, yeah. as far as like what, what we're dealing with in today's world that we're still dealing with. We are still not out of mm-hmm. this situation at all. And yeah. so it's not like we can look at it and go, oh, well, it's okay. We're past it now. Well, we're not. We're still, <laughs> still <laughs> yeah. in it. Which I think is a good thing, though, with this series, is even though it starts there, as we get Josh Brolin, or uh, James Brolin, sorry, yes. James Brolin's awesome mm-hmm. narration, where he says, you know, but, you know, most stories will start at the beginning, but our story is actually starting here. And then we get at the end where Gus's story is starting here. So we've kind of moved past Right. The, the pandemic and virus stuff, you know, it's, it's, they set the stage with it. It's the background. It's why things are the way they are, but it's not really part of the story. Right. We're going to start after that. And I think that's probably going to help a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's, we have to kind of have that foundation of, of how we got here and how we're starting that story. Like you said, starting with Gus and kind of moving forward. So we need that foundational information. Um so I think if maybe it doesn't become a focus or like maybe a primary focus, then, you know, it'll be easier to watch. Not that I had a really hard time watching it, but it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. man, this 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 hit kind of close to home. It's kind of hard to <laughs> escape, you know, what, you know, current world situation um, when when it's on your entertainment as well. But yeah, I, I do believe I mean, this the cinematography in this um, episode and I'm guessing probably the rest of the series was so beautiful. I mean, these vivid colors, uh, this beautiful cinematography. And like you said, James Brolin's magnificent narration. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to fangirl on James Brolin from, I have had a crush on this guy since I was a kid. (laughs) Um, I'm going to age myself, but 
um, he was in a series in the 80s called Hotel, him and Connie Selica. And mm-hmm. um, I crushed on him hard as a kid. Uh, and and I've just had a, a massive crush on him since, you know, ever since then. It's just never stopped. Um <laughs> so I'm always a fan when you, when you know you're you're talking uh, James Brolin. But anyway, I think he does yeah. a fantastic job narrating. And and for me, combined with his narration, the beautiful cinematography, these beautiful vivid colors, I think helps bring like more of that fantasy feel to yes. the show. Where I think that's what helps me instead of having this in your face kind of reminder that might hit a little too close to home with this pandemic that's um, you know kind of starts our story. Um, this helps bring that fantasy feel to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I like that. That that helps me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the one aspect of this virus pandemic that is the most fantastical of all that's a big part of this story, of course, is, and I love how they keep bringing it up kind of in that same way throughout the episode, of no one knows what came first, the hybrids or the virus was one caused by the other. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's such a compelling line that becomes like a through line to where when, when the father is talking to Gus about it, it's like when people don't know, but they're scared regardless, or yeah. even the poachers are like, well, we don't know what came first, but we just know it's wrong. <laughs> you know, there's this, uh, it's, it's this through line through it, which is really interesting. And I, I kind of hope that we don't get an answer to that because I like just having things just been the way that they are and we just move forward in the new world that we're set in. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like with the walking dead, not really kind of knowing what started everything, you know, what was the base for, you know, the infection and the walking dead, you know, we just don't know. Uh, So I I think, you know, it's like, you want to know like, well, what the hell happened and what started it and what was ground zero and, you know, where did it begin? And, um, we don't know. And you think no. you want to know, but it's better that you don't actually better for the story. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. it is, it does definitely pique your interest and, in, and make you very curious because um, they don't quite tell as you know, we're, we're, we're getting this, this um, Dr. Singh's um, perspective of what's happening. Um, we don't know that time frame from the time that we first discover that there's something going on to being in the middle of this pandemic to now we're seeing, babies being born, you know, um, as, mm-hmm. as hybrids. And, um, you know, I don't know, they, they're not, they don't really talk about a timeline there. So it is kind of difficult to determine what happened first. Yeah. But very interesting. Mm-hmm. And intriguing. Cool. So, yeah. I think that's about all I had on that point. Yes. Yeah, oh, good. Talking good. About what, what kicks things off, but yeah. <laughs> well, we were right in tune. That's where I started to, I was like, well, I've got to talk about it. Cause I'm sure it's going to yeah. be maybe a hard, hard sticking point for some folks who maybe don't want to um, see that. But, but like you said, I mean, I haven't seen the other episodes, but hopefully, you know, we will kind of focus moving forward um, and yeah. not dwell too much with that. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But that was a really good number five. I think a good place to start. Um, What is your number four? All right. Well, number four is another kind of big thing. It's like, you know what? We might as well talk about is just kind of our main character, who we're going to be following, Sweet Tooth himself, Gus. Um, And just not necessarily, you know, I've got further points on more of like his story going forward, but Mm -hmm. just kind of what we really get the earlier Gus and what we're, you know, um, introduced to with him is just this hybrid baby that then we see growing up 
And it seems to be in a way that other hybrids are not usually raised or, you know, shown. It's, it's shocking that he, he's wearing clothes and he's talking and he's, you know, he's older than others that you really see it kind of seems like he was really lucky that he had a father that was able to kind of whisk him away to seclusion somewhere and raise him as normal mm-hmm. as he could to where, yeah, he's, he's been learning to read and to play and also survival skills and all these things. But it, it's just kind of cool to see how much he's, he's a little boy, but then also he has these like other abilities and things to him. I love his little ears perking up over sounds, but then that comes with his like oversensitivity to loud noises and things like that. Yeah. And so you're also seeing like, Oh, as a hybrid, like there are things that are special and different about this kid for sure. And then I just, especially then he's when he's really young, I was like, what a freaking cutie. Oh my but- gosh. <laughs> the actors that they got to play uh, sweet tooth as he's growing up through the years. And then of mm-hmm. course, um, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm terrible. I'm so terrible about getting the actors names down, but I'll get it eventually. But the little boy yeah. that plays him, you know, where we where we are now in the story. Yeah, I think um, I had that. It's like Christian Con- Convery, Convery, I think. Thank is you. The yes. Main, you know, kid we're moving forward with. Thank you. Yes. He is yeah. just absolutely adorable. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I would protect this kid at all costs. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in this story. I want this little boy to you know, I want him to have a good outcome, whatever, whatever it is. And it, I was super scared for him, you know, and when he was confronted by the poachers and I wanted to protect this boy at all costs, he's just absolutely adorable. Yeah. And I love, uh, I just have a couple little random notes about like those early things seeing him. I said, uh, Gus and Daryl Dixon would get along really nicely. Yeah. Since they both <laughs> agree that dog is the perfect name for a dog. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him dog. <laughs> it's adorable. But he's so innocent and, um, you know, I guess that's the best way to put it, but just like he's been sheltered in a lot of ways, but also like, he's just got this different, you know, view on things. Mm-hmm. Like you have to keep kind of pounding it into his head a little bit. He's like, that's, that's a, that's a deer. That's not your mom. Like yeah. he just has this connection. He has this like, but there's like this craving for family. And I don't know. I mean, it's not like he has any lack of love or family with his father and all those, you know, the 10 years that they're together nine years. But, but there's just, there is something in him that still is yearning for, for a little more. Mm -hmm. And so even when he's really little and he sees this deer and he just makes this connection, like, well, she has ears like me and we have these same kind of senses. So like, that must be family. That must be my mom. We have this. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of, you know, warming and heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah. When his dad finally just says, was like, no, your, your mother was like me better than me, but like me, you know, and we just got separated and we don't know, you know, where she's out there, but he gets her, her name and then that becomes his like focus at mm-hmm. that point is wanting to know everything, which again, it's a further point I'll talk about. But yeah, he kind of goes on that journey. I think the main journey we'll see him on is because of that. Yeah. But yeah, there's just really impactful storytelling and a lot of the stuff with him. Uh, my favorite thing, even though it makes me cry so hard both times I watch this, but it's really great storytelling is noticing that when he finally makes the jump on that final rock. Yeah. Because you see him stumbling and falling in the water as he's growing up. And the first time he finally makes that jump, 
he gets excited and wants to go tell his dad. And that's when he finds his dad has, has passed. And it's, to me, I see a symbolism in there. And it's like, it's a moment that he has crossed a threshold. Yeah. That he is like a young man now, all on his own, capable, strong. The second he lands that jump, he's on his own and he's got to be big. He's got to grow up. He's got to take care of himself. You are exactly right. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree with you in that moment. I felt the same. Yeah. And then just to watch him after his father is gone, just struggling Mm. on like the most simple things, of course, you know, oh yeah, the, the drill for the sap breaks and then the hedge clippers break and everything's falling apart. And he's this 10 year old kid that has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And he's just frustrated to the point where he's just lighting things on fire. He snaps. He's just done. But then there's the little kid part of him again is then taking the singed dog and throwing it in the bucket of water. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's just, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. difficult to watch him go through all of that. Um, But yeah, uh, great actor for this role i he definitely he's he's very charming and i think has a way of you know just really you know giving me that little well to as a phrase (laughs) doe-eyed it fits a little more even here didn't quite mean it that way but that's what came to mind and now i'm like oh well do um but you know just sweet little innocent way that he looks at the camera in this innocent child like which he is you know he's only 10 Mm -hmm you know, um, is so captivating. So like I said, I'm definitely invested. Um, yeah, in, it's, in it's going to be really, I'm excited to see, you know, not just because of the actor, I do think the actor is a great job, but this character is so well built. Yeah. Looking at like, you know, such a small worldview and it's had to be that way. And knowing that the rest of the series, we're going to get to see his world and his mind and everything expand around him mm-hmm. and to see how he reacts to those things is going to be a trip. Absolutely. Uh, it'll be great to see it from his perspective and mm-hmm. his view. Because I like how they're kind of doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Excited for that that second episode as well. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good number four. Um, well, while your um, number four was on Sweet Tooth or Gus, <laughs> mine is more on Will Forte. Um, oh, man, yes. <laughs> and mostly the actor. Um, I mean, I th- I love um, that they got him for this role because I really think it's a really nice surprise that we have a comedian that can play a dramatic role Mm -hmm. and how well they can pull it off. Um, I think comedians are underrated Um, often, you know, when you see casting, uh, for a comedian in a, in a dramatic role, folks really question like, well, they're not a dramatic actor. They're a comedian, but you see so many of them that do really well. And I, I think that some of it could be, you know, comedians really do understand nuance, um, Mm -hmm. better than maybe dramatic actors. So you know, they, they could do comedy yeah. and drama and where sometimes you see actors that are really great in dramatic roles and that's what they're known for. And they're really great. But when they, when you get a dramatic actor or someone that's known more for drama roles, mm-hmm. they kind of struggle sometimes with comedic roles. Well, yeah. now, not everyone. To be a good comedian, to be a really great comedian, mm-hmm. it takes a pretty deep understanding of the human condition and human Absolutely. psychology and emotions and things that people relate to and can, you know, so 
yeah, it does make a lot of sense that a comedic actor can tap into that side of things. Absolutely. And, and give us a beautiful dramatic performance that really I was like, dang it, Will Forte. What, you, you have to make me ball like this. Thanks so much. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's what's so great because who would have thought that someone who can make you laugh, you know, normally, and that's kind of what they're known for, um, can can really pull at your heartstrings and really pull off this dramatic role and do a really good job. You know, yeah. not just be able to, to pull off, but just do a really great job. And I love seeing that. You know, I, we talked a little bit about when we covered Promising Young Woman, uh, Bo Burnham, you know, yeah. who's mostly known for his comedy. Um, and in general, just being a really nice guy. Um, but in Promising Young Woman, it was not a comedic role at all. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Promising Young Woman or listened to our podcast on it, um, you know, he plays yeah. uh, a, a not super nice character. I mean, he he... Won't go into the details, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's he's nice, but yet not nice, you know, in, in a way. He's faulted, let's say that, um, yeah. which, not perfect. No one's perfect. Not getting there. Go listen to the podcast. Go watch the movie. You'll see what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about. Yeah, we had about. lots to say about it there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so I'm not going to go into all that. But just very different than how we know him. And I thought that was great. I thought it was a really nice surprise. And to see how well that we see comedians playing that dramatic role. And, I mean, Will, Will Forte did such a great job, you know, playing Pubba. Um he, like you said, you know, brought the waterworks. It was really great to see uh, him play this father role. Um, you could tell he really cared, you know, for, for Gus uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, wanted to teach him survival survival skills, um, you know, and wanted to do right by him and wanted to protect him, you know. Yeah. And I think that he... I mean, we haven't quite seen what the world is like yet after all of this that has taken place. We, we we're hearing it's not nice. People are mean, people changed. Mm -hmm. Um, but we haven't seen that yet. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly what he's protecting him from and how maybe he had the foresight, right? I mean, we, it seems like, and just if I'm trying to understand the timeline, like he's, escaping with Gus and, and deciding to hide out into the real world before the world has really fallen apart. It seems like, like we're not there yet. Like we're, yeah. we're seeing the pandemic and we're seeing people getting sick and, and things kind of going to shit, but it hasn't quite fallen yet that, that we're seeing people react yet to hybrids. We've yeah. seen the doctors, you know, uh, reaction. We've seen the people in the hallway there at the hospital, but we haven't quite seen, we're only hearing so mm-hmm. how did he, I'm, I'm really wanting to see how we, how he had the foresight to know that he's got to get Gus the hell away from general society and away from people um, in yeah. order to protect him. Um, so, but I, I, you know, it was, it was great to see him in this role. He did a fantastic job sure. and I was super sad to see him go. <laughs> I mean, I was like, <laughs> what? The first episode. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, Will Forte. Did a, did a great job. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, what is your number three? My number three, I'm going to talk about the character of Tommy Jeopard. All right. Um, I love that we get to see him. We get a nod to him very early in the episode uh, on the TV screen in the doctor's house during the opening sequence, you know, while everything's kind of happening and the doctor and his wife are sitting there and you can see him kind of frazzled, like, this is serious. What what are we going to do? Like things are falling apart. And then on the TV behind him, there's a football game on and we see an interview with star football player, Tommy Jeopard. And he's got the dun, 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 music going on behind him. And he's got this big pose and it's, 
you're, you're they're showing him as all right, like this is important. And it focuses on him on the TV screen for a little bit. And so when he shows up to save Gus later on, it's like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> oh, you know what? I watched this episode <laughs> twice and I totally missed that. Really? <laughs> you just said, oh, the, it, it really focuses on him on the TV in the background. I'm thinking it did. I to- I must have been taking <laughs> notes or something and just totally overlooked that twice. Yeah. he's. <laughs> so you see him. He's a star football geez. player. It was a big deal. Yeah. I'd not done my due diligence. I have failed. <laughs> I am sorry. Please continue. Go back and do it again. <laughs> uh, no, but so, yeah. So whenever he shows up to save Gus from the poachers, it's cool. I was like, ah, there we got this guy. And I mean, he doesn't really. He's not going to take any shit like because mm-hmm. he just blasts the one guy who's about to. Like he's to shoot running. Gus. Or, yeah. The first guy oh, the, he takes out like, guy, by sorry, surprise. The first guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. Takes the first guy out by surprise. And then the arrow comes back down on the other guy, which is funny. But uh, Oof. but yeah, then the guy's like, oh, we, we can share. We can. And then when he just like points the gun back at him, he's like, you know what? Nope. Never mind. He's all yours. And then goes off running and then you don't see it. But. Because it cuts back to Gus, but then you hear the gunshot go off. Like, yeah, Tommy was not going to let this guy get away. <laughs> mm-hmm. No half measures. Yeah, which is great. I was like, you know, hero of the century. And then he goes back. He follows Gus back to the house. And the traps that Gus has sent maybe aren't the most effective. But No, uh, he had a little bit of a Kevin McAllister moment, but not quite as yeah. clever. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Didn't quite do the job but but i like the character of, of tommy when we see that he's like even like with all like these little like weird trap things or keeps getting hit with the slingshot <laughs> over and over like he's never like really like pissed off or annoyed like you can tell he's like oh my god this kid but like he never like loses his cool like he's a little impressed with the guts that that gus has yeah like he's got some fire to him he even tells him don't lose that edge mm-hmm. like that's the only way you're going to survive out here is if you're willing to just like, you know, not put up with people and you're not going to give people any, you know, advantage over you. And so I think he's impressed with that and sees that as a strong suit to, to Gus or all he knows as right now. Cause he asks him his name. I think he tried, he wants to know more things about him and he's yeah. not giving him anything. Yeah. And so he's just like, you know, all he's, all he knows of him is seeing him going after, you know, he was baited in by the poachers with these candy bars. So he's like, well, you got a sweet tooth. So, call you sweet tooth and that's great but yeah i love you know gus trying to to scare him off you know well my papa's gonna be back and he's even bigger than you and he'll take you out and i love the lines well they don't make them any bigger than me <laughs> um. <laughs> yep <laughs> that was a good line uh, yeah but you see what a really good guy that he is now he does say that he did consider like taking Gus back to wherever mm-hmm. the poachers mentioned some kind of lab or something. Yeah. So he said he, he thought about, you know, maybe he's out there taking kids in with maybe less of a, you know, devious reasoning or planning. Cause we don't know what those things are. We don't know right. what's out there. But then when he sees how intelligent and capable Gus is that he's like, even I have limits. Like I'm not, that's not a place for you. And he has a lot of compassion and care where, I mean, on his own, he steps up and he tapes the water pipes and he starts going around and just like, he's like, well, even if you want me to leave you alone, I get it. 
but I'm going to leave you with these tips and, yeah, you know, thoughts to think on. Like, here's how you make this garden better. You're going to want to do this. You're going to do this. Hangs up the glasses like this will scare away the birds. Take that scarecrow that you got inside to make people think it's your dad and uh, put it out here because it's actually going to work. He's got a lot of concern for Gus. Yeah. He wants, you know, you can tell that he has an immediate like connection with this kid, even if he's willing to just let it go and cut it like, okay, this kid wants to be on his own. I'll let him do that. But I hope the best for him and I have concern for him. So let me at least give him some tips on my way out. Yeah, I like that. And and he was actually my number two, but I'll just move him around in my lineup so I can uh, right. chime in and add to what you were saying. I agree with a lot of what you said. And I thought the introduction to him was really great because um, you you didn't know right away if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Um, yeah. And then so I was like, oh, boy, who's this who's this big guy? And I like the way that they kind of film him to make him look. I mean, he is a big guy. He's he's a, a tall, yeah. imposing presence for sure. But the way that they film him, I think purposely try to make him look even bigger uh, than what he mm-hmm. is and even taller. So I love that. And they kind of gave that perspective from Gus when he's down on the ground and he kind of turns around yeah. and looks up and he's like, whoa, there's a big, big fella. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I love that. And I love that we didn't know right away whether he was good or whether he was bad. But then you do see, like you said, how he was trying to help Gus and, you know, um, and then, you know, shocked to find out that he can speak, you know, and he's not, I guess, mute. I guess hi- the hybrids that they, they know are mute. Um, and don't mm-hmm. speak. Uh, so most of them probably were abandoned Ugh. by their parents and different people. Like they, this... most of them probably did not have the luck that Gus did of having a father who was going to take him out and care for him, right? And save him from the world, right? I feel like a lot of them probably had parents or guardians or people around them who were freaked out by it, and they were put into some kind of system, or mm-hmm. you know, really like. <laughs> I feel like most of them were not that lucky. I'm I'm afraid that you're right, um, and it mm-hmm. turns my stomach. But I think that you're you're probably right from what we're what we're hearing, um, or even worse, being hunted, where he's like, you know, mm-hmm. don't don't leave. Uh, you're gonna end up your head's going to end up being on someone's wall by nightfall. And it, that's yeah. a horrifying thought. Like, yeah, oh there's my God. poachers. Like he's a like, child. <laughs> I mean, regardless yeah. of a hybrid or not, he is a child. Um, mm-hmm. So the thought of that, that was, was sickening. Yeah. Like the poachers being like, you know, oh, we'll take him back. He's like, well, no, because he's bigger and older than the other ones. That's well, a rarity. This one's special. Mm-hmm. So I've got other plans for him. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, you're thinking he's, he's a trophy you know, game, you know, yeah. to them. That's what this is. Which, yeah, sickens me anyway, because I'm I'm not mm-hmm. for hunting and don't at me. Okay, just don't. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so that the thought of it anyway sickens me. But then the thought of like a, a child, but their children, you know, is yeah. disgusting. So, so yeah. Yeah, the big man, he made a hell of an entrance and mm-hmm. um, really happy that we're going to, you know, hopefully see some adventures and, um, you know, how how these two characters are going to interact in the, in the story. Excited for that. Yeah. I like it. That's a good number three. Um, well, um, I just, I, I made that my number three is my number two, but I made the big man my number three, so... What is your number two? <laughs> Hopefully I'll stop taking all of you. You're not taking <laughs> them, but I have points too. I'm just moving them around. It's yeah. just kind of chime in. Why bring it up a second time if we're going to talk about it? So, Right, right. Works. Yeah, so uh, my number two I mentioned a little earlier is kind of 
back to Gus, but really the the main driving story here is I just call it him taking off, mm-hmm. moving on. Um, after his dad is gone, that he's left behind a map and the keys, and he's been holding on to these things for a little bit, or at least the keys. But when he finds that map, he realizes that like stuff had been marked for him. Like his dad knew that like eventually you're going to find this, and I want you to go here because he did promise him he was going to tell him everything. He didn't have the chance to do it in person, but he had the foresight to, to leave him these things behind. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he follows that map and finds this little safe buried with, and I love how like he's pulling out money and credit cards and sniffing it and just throwing it aside because it really is completely useless at this point. And what he does hone in on is this picture of a woman that he believes is Birdie, his mother. Right. I mean, there's no name. There's no anything on and that. And we don't but, know that. So we don't know. Yeah. But but that's the connection he has to it, and he makes that assumption. And I hope he's right, but we will see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but based on that, you know, he reads Colorado is on there. And so that, like I said, becomes his main focus, where he makes a plan to go after her. Of course, as he's taking off, that's when he runs into the poachers. And then is saved by by Tommy, which we talked about. And he goes back to his spot under the stairs and has this interaction with Tommy that we talked about. But then after that, I thought it was cool that after Tommy has left, he goes back outside and he's looking over the things. He's looking at the tape on the pipes and the glasses hanging there. And he has this realization that Tommy is very capable and handy and he's going to be his only hope at finding the truth of what's out there, finding his mom, if that's who that is. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's kind of done. He's, he's questioning the things that his father told him. Cause apparently his father told him, Oh, there are no other hybrids. It's just you. And now he's learning well, that's not true because why would people be out hunting hybrids? And why would he have said that there's more like me in this reservation and you know, the reserve and all these things that are coming up. Yep. And so he's starting to say, well, what's true. You know, what if he's wrong? What if he's, Hiding, you know, what else has he been hiding from me? And so he takes it upon himself. It's he has to know, and his only way of knowing is following the big man. <laughs> that's that's what he's got to do. So he, you know, with some hardcore parkour and a <laughs> great soundtrack, he takes off <laughs> through Yellowstone. Breaks. I love uh, James Brolin's lines. Like he, he broke, he broke one of his father's rules and then broke all of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Where he's like, and then he just. All of them were out the window and he took off. I love that because it was like you get the sense of adventure, like the theme music that they Mm -hmm. had playing as he's, you know, running to the big man. Yeah, it's such a great song. And it was very fitting, I think. And it was really cool to see this look of adventure. Like, you know, he's been told for so long to be in this little bubble you know, in the Spinston mm-hmm. area that Pub has had him in. And I think for really good reason, but he's alone yeah. now. And he's like, you know, I'm by myself. And he's questioning these things, which is totally natural for children to be curious and ask questions and and question their parents. And, you know, like, well, how do I know that he was really telling me everything? And, you know, why can't I question what he was saying and find out for myself? And 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 it was really fun to see him, like, he reminded me a little bit of like the Hobbit, you know, like I'm off to an adventure, you know, and I got her running down yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows the big yeah, man can be the like, one to protect him. You know, he's seen yeah. how capable he is. Um, 
you know, at protecting him from the poachers. He saw how knowledgeable and smart he was to tell him the things about, you know, the garden and wanting to rotate his or needing to rotate his crops and using the scarecrow and those glasses and, you know, how he clearly knows how to survive and he's smart and capable and has picked this man to um, help him on his journey to protect him because he's going to need it, I think. Oh, yeah. He's not going to do too well on his own. We've seen. I mean, the first thing he did trying to take off on his own was run right into these poachers trap mm-hmm. and like fall right into their hands. So yep. yeah, he's going to need, he's going to need, need that help. And so those like final words of the episode is him yelling down to him, big man, big man, yep. take me. Take me. Yep. Yeah, that was great. It's great. I love that. Um, I read that he, that the actor playing Gus uh, studied parkour. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how (laughs) I could tell sometimes like when he's running from Uh the poachers after, you know, Tommy steps in to save him. And then, yeah, when he's headed towards, I mean, he was, he was really good at just kind of sliding and Mm -hmm. rolling over things and around. Like he can move pretty quick. He can. He was, he was quick moving and the way he was running and the way that when you, when he was so used to now skipping across those rocks, running across those rocks and getting to that last one, he seemed just so naturally agile. Like he didn't, wasn't yeah. just acting for that and had practiced it maybe a couple times to make the jump. Like he looked very natural and yeah, just very mm-hmm. agile as he was kind of, you know, making those jumps and, and leaping around. And I had read that he had studied parkour and I'm like, that is amazing. Makes sense. I love it. <laughs> um, love that. So kudos to that little kid um, mm-hmm. having that ability. I wish I could do that. I'd right. <laughs> injure myself severely if <laughs> <laughs> so good for him. Um, hope we get to see some more sequences where he really gets yeah, to let that shine. I hope they take advantage yeah. of that. I don't know if that is because I I'll I should have said this at the beginning when we started, but I haven't read the source material. I have not read the comics, so I don't have yeah. knowledge of source material. I've been reading a little bit about some of the differences between uh, the comics and the show, um, but I, I don't know a lot about it. But uh, so I don't know yeah. if this is something um, that they're adding in because the the actor um, has studied it and they're taking advantage of that, or if that's just kind of partial to um, the character himself. But I hope that yeah. they like you continue to find ways to incorporate that. I love when when an actor has like a a hidden talent or a side talent, you know, that they're mm-hmm. really good at, and they can kind of incorporate that into the story or for that character yeah. that they're playing. So I hope that they find more ways because I think that's uh, amazing, and I think a, a really another great way for this little actor uh, to shine. Yeah, in this role something that makes him unique. So. That's awesome. That's a really good number two. Um, well, my number two, we, we've talked a little bit about it, but uh, a few things I want to add is just, you know, the the hiding place has been found. Um, you know, when these mm-hmm. poachers, um, or sorry, not the poachers, um, when, um, oh, we didn't get his name, but when guests stumble, or when they stumble upon that guy outside the fence um, yeah. and he's marked, you know, they have that exchange and he's marked their fence. I didn't quite understand exactly what that meant. I, Pubba seemed to understand or know what it meant. I, um, yeah. when he says that we've been marked, I, I don't know what it meant. I mean, clearly it wasn't great. Uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what it meant or, or if maybe it was, you know, someone, um, in particular that would be coming after them. And maybe he doesn't know. I mean, he's been hidden away too, right? He hasn't been reading the news. He was yeah. asking, he's like, well, what's it like out there? You know, before he knew that he couldn't trust mm-hmm. that guy. Um, so, and I feel like this was 
kind of inevitable, right? That somebody eventually is going to stumble upon them and their secret place was going to be found. And I feel like we're not going to have a story if that doesn't happen, right? We're not going to stay forever there (laughs) in Yosemite, which we find out we were in Yosemite, you know, this, this whole time. Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone. Oh my gosh. Did I say Yosemite? Um, (sighs) They both started with a Y. Um, (laughs) So I was Same thing, right? Same (laughs) thing, same place. (laughs) <laughs> my apologies i um it's been a day anyway um but i mean eventually that they're they're going to be found um probably not going to be able to stay hidden away forever um and when pubba leaves you know and he t- makes Gus Des- go back to the cabin and he makes him hide and he gets out these vials now, yeah, that was. What do you think was in those vials? Was it the virus? That's something I was really interested about. Yeah, because uh, he does. He pulls out, yeah, like these like syringes and stuff, and makes like I was like, is that because it had like the uh, radio or not like radioactive, but like whatever, um, you know, pandemic viral, you know, whatever sig- signal or symbol on yeah. it. Yeah, where I was like, is that <laughs> like vials of the virus, like? How did he get that? If that's what that is, it's it's kind of the detail I'm the most intrigued about. That I'm like, if we we might see more Will Forte, we do we get backstory? Do we see who he was? Maybe he knew something, and that's how he had the the forethought to get Gus out of there. And how does he have access to to these things? If that's what that is, right? And yeah, questions. That's that's what mm-hmm. I have a lot of. Um, so. Was it the virus and did he infect himself? Did he infect that soldier um, that yeah, they had initially that. encountered? Because when he comes back, yeah. he's sick. Um, mm-hmm. And almost like he infected the other guy and then maybe got himself by accident. Right. Or was it a risk he knew that he was taking? Is it that, you know, contagious that if he infects the other guy, maybe he's going to run the risk of catching it himself or yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what he was doing there and what his plan was um, for all of that. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, questions. Um, but I, I like what they do in, in this first episode is what they did throughout was they established really well how young Gus really is. You know, we talked about a little bit earlier. He's only 10 years old and it's kind of. Mm-hmm. It's easy to kind of forget that sometimes how young he really is, but I think it was yeah. really important and they did a good job of it, of showing us really how young he really is. Like when he, when his, when pub is talking to him and he's kind of imagining the stories in the tub and he's kind of picturing this mm-hmm. in his head and he's got like the, the childlike, like animation almost. Right. And as, as I love that scene. Isn't it great? Too. Yeah. It was it really was great. Really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So, but it, it helps kind of establish how young he really is. He's just a child because then when he loses Pubba, it makes it it makes the situation all the more dire. Like, mm-hmm. my god, this little boy, 10 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's he's smart, he's capable. His dad's been trying to teach him these survival skills and stuff, but at the core, he is still this little boy, this child yeah. who's now left all alone, as far as he knows, in mm-hmm. the world, you know, and completely yeah. isolated and doesn't isn't aware really of I mean, his dad keeps trying to teach him 
the dangers, you know, makes him repeat all yeah. the time. What do you do when you see a human? I hide. You know, he makes him repeat these things over and over again. But you, you almost get the sense that he's just doing it out of loyalty and duty and love for his pubba, not because he realizes the real danger, you know, that's out yeah. there. And you can see that so clearly when how shocked he is when he, he comes across these poachers. So I think they did a really great job with establishing how young he is um, and how naive he mm -hmm. is, because then you're thinking, Oh shit, when Pubba dies, you're like, Oh my God, this little boy is all on his own trying to run yeah. this homestead, you know, as he's been taught by his father, as much as being taught and watching his father, um, you know, for all the years. And as you mentioned earlier, not doing such a great job, but again, telling you he's only 10 years old. He doesn't have the, mm -hmm. the muscle, the, you know, to, to do the same things that his father would as a grown man who would more have yeah. more of, of a, you know, the strength to do some of those things where at 10, you can't quite do them because you're still little. Um, mm -hmm. So I, you know, thought that was really great that that whole, you know, sequence and scene and how they've done a really great job establishing, you know, Gus is this little boy. Um, yeah. It, it makes you glad that he's found somebody mm -hmm. relatively quickly to kind of, lean on because yeah even those like little things as you start thinking about it i mean the day that his father dies that papa dies is him sending him off well you're gonna make breakfast well i don't know how to do that i mean how is he how you do know, you he's start be able with to... a plate it shows how much yeah. of a little kid he is because he's not even thinking right. he's like over oh, the plate yeah you know so he's got to be able to now fend for himself with clean water and food or what if he gets sick not necessarily that virus but any kind any of sickness kind of or if he yeah injures himself or something. I mean, how does he take care of himself in those situations? Yep. Yeah. thought they did a really good job with that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was my number two. Um, what is your number one? Number one. Um, <laughs> speaking of, we talked about it and we'll go back to it, but I had some extra notes about, I just, Pabba uh, is talking about, yeah, that character there. And again, just some extra things. You know, him having that foresight to take Gus out and mm -hmm. that dynamic that is really adorable, but also kind of sad with the reality of the way it is. Yeah. Again, you know, teaching him these normal things like how to read and how to play and trying to teach, you know, raise him like a normal kid. Yeah. But also ingraining in him all these survival skills and also to have a fear of mankind and anybody else that he sees. Mm -hmm. And so that's that, you know, if I hear a growl, I will duck. If I hear a voice, I will run. If I see a human, I will hide. And it's, he is just, he repeats these things. He's drilling him on this stuff to make sure that it's right there with him always. Yep. Um, talked about some of the visuals, the cinematography, the scene of the two of them in the rain, just, oh, uh, just makes you feel everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man. And then, you know, by protecting Gus that his father sadly also kind of kept him a little sheltered and even feeling captive as he gets older Yeah, where he tells him, you know, you know, I wanted to trust you and Gus comes back at him with, well, I don't trust you because I keep asking you questions and you won't tell me. Yeah. You say I'm too little and you won't tell me what's going on. And so, you know, as he gets older, that tension starts to grow. And so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, even though, Unfortunately, it happened with his passing, but he's able to at least explain some things or at least lead him on that path. Yeah. But th that love is still there. And so I love that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes or lines is, 
you know, after they've been marked and he grabs these things and he has to head out. And he goes, remember what I said? And he goes, that it's okay to lie? He said, that's what you took from the conversation? (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's great. But yeah, but all the way to the end, I think Pubba was as loving and caring and he did the best that he could. Absolutely. Cause what really hit me where the tears start in this episode is after he comes back and, you know, Gus wakes up and finds him kind of sitting on the floor by the bed mm-hmm. and you can tell he is not doing well, but they talk and he's, he's giving him some little answers and at least, you know, setting up that I will tell you more and you, you will find out everything you want to, but it's when Gus asks him, okay, but whenever you get better, we can go find mom. And then instead of saying yes or no, his response is just, if you hear a growl, I and he's just going back over the rules of survival. Mm-hmm. And it's this last kind of ditch effort of him wanting to make sure and have hope that his son can take care of himself because he knows he's not going to make it much longer. I know. And it just devastates Ugh. you to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pull at those heartstrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a really sad scene. I like that. That was a really good number one. Um, well, to, to add to that, whenever I said on my second point that I have questions, you know, one of them mm-hmm. is who was Papa? And I think you touched on yeah. it earlier when we were, when we were talking, it's, you know, how was he, cause I'm questioning, like, was he really Gus's biological father? Um, I'm, I'm, don't I don't know, know that, <laughs> but I'm like, well, he, he might not have been, but he was in some type of position, biological father or not, to protect him. Um, yep. And I'm assume, going on the assumption that he is. I, I, I'm not you know, being led otherwise, but I'm just like, well, we don't know for sure that yeah, it was his but biological father. There's a chance. Um, father. Um, yeah, so, he says he was separated from the from Birdie, the, the mother. So, I mean, it could have just been, he could have been a doctor. Right. Because Or somebody on the front lines of this thing who took it upon himself to know that like, Oh, well she's not going to be able to take care of the ba- this baby for X or Y reason. So I'm going to take right. it. Right. Yeah. I don't know the whole backstory and I'm guessing we'll probably get mm-hmm. some of that. I'm guessing maybe we'll see, maybe we'll forte again and maybe some flashback episodes or something. I don't know that. I'm just yeah, speculating. Don't know. I'd like to, I would like to <laughs> for sure. But you know, we, we find out that Gus seems we're being told anyway, older, than other hybrids. So mm-hmm. how'd that come about? Um, he can speak. Yeah. We find out other hybrids seemingly can't speak. Um, so why, what makes him special? Clearly he is special, yeah. uh, but, but what makes him stand out? And they also said, we've never seen a deer hybrid. Like we've never seen mm-hmm. a, a deer boy before. Um and can we just talk for a moment while I'm talking about that? Talk about some of those hybrid babies. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know who birthed the porcupine baby. <laughs> but power to them. God bless you. you. Know? <laughs> and I hope you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know. The little puppy one was actually really cute. Really I will cute. <laughs> See, that's all I need. I need I need a puppy baby, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me the best best of both worlds right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, absolutely adorable. Yeah, some some were a little disturbing. Some mm-hmm. were really adorable. I think they did a really great job, um, you, you know, kind of making these um, 
hybrids looking, ha- having these animal characteristics, but also having these very baby-like features. You know, they had arms and legs and my gosh, one of them had wings. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they did a really great job, but I was just like, whoa. But um, yeah. but they're, they're saying that Gus is like, I don't know if that makes him special or unique in some way. Why is he the only like deer hybrid that they have happened to see? And he can also speak and he seems to be older. Yeah. Um, so like he was one of the first of the hybrids before they really started popping right. up. Right. And and yeah. again, which makes me question who was Pubba? Is he his biological father, which I have to go on the assumption he was, but I don't know that. But there was yeah. something that anyway that he had the foresight to take Gus and run away from run away before I think everything completely fell apart because he didn't know. Yeah. I think, I think he saw what was happening and knew which way it was going to go, but it hadn't actually happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. So who was he in society that, you know, he, he knew to do that. I don't know that everybody would know to, to do that. Um, yeah. And clearly a lot of people didn't. I, I'm, I like you, I'm speculating that some really bad things probably happened to a lot of those hybrid babies that they, their parents probably were like, I, uh, you know, that they abandoned them. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking to think about. But um so yeah, that that's my number one is just all these questions, you know, that we're that we're left with and that I have anyway and, and hope to get hope to get a few answers to that. I think I'm okay with not knowing everything yeah. like when talking about what came first, the you know, the pandemic or the sick as they call it. Um, mm-hmm. um or the hybrids. Um I'm okay with that, but I, I would like to get a little bit of background um yeah. to like Pubba and Gus and where that he came from. Yeah. So that's my number one. Um, did you awesome. have any notes? I did. I had a couple of other okay. little notes. Um, just the, yeah, the, the random little notes that I took down while watching, uh, the music is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a music section again, oh. like we did for, uh, uh, <laughs> umbrella Academy. I good, think good, cause good. I have them for this one. Cause I was like, yeah, I, because I, I, without looking, no spoilers for anything, but like I went through Tude Find because I was, saw the two songs used in this mm-hmm. one. And you can just kind of go by episode and see how many songs are used in each episode. Uh-huh. And it seems like music does play a pretty big part in this series. Well, There's a lot of songs that are used per episode. So it's like, I think now I'm going to go ahead and set it at the bar. I'm like, I think the music section needs to come back. Yeah, that I think is a I great idea <laughs> because this episode, they did a really great job. So if they keep that up, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. Then great. Yeah. Please bring that mm-hmm. back. Yeah, so I'll, I'll finish this up with that. But uh, some of the other just random thoughts. Uh, I'm already preparing myself for so many tears for the series. I'm just, I'm ready for yep. it. I, I know it's coming. Uh, there's a quote kind of when he's talking to the guy that marks them. And the guy says, once the, inter- it, once the internet went down, it was over. And I was like, yeah, that sounds that right. That sounds pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yep, yep. That, that's, that's when uh-huh. it's all over for me. When the internet goes down, that's it. Society yeah. has fallen. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then my other thing, just because I point these little things out, was like the the CGI for the deer was a little rough in places. Better than the one so in The like, Walking Dead, just say that. Yeah, but it made me think of that. But I was like, deer must be really hard to animate well, because I've seen a lot of shows not quite nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, we talked about, you know, uh, the, the effects being used in that scene where seven-year-old Gus is imagining his dad's story with the steam in the bath. And that was done so well that those CG effects were, I was like, you know what? It balances out. We're all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I can let that go. <laughs> but yeah, that's really all I had on extra notes. So I guess the music section, the two songs used 
But the first one is while uh, Papa is taking Gus out into the woods, making their home and all that is a song called, which the title is just so perfect because it fits right into the story. But the song is called Maple Sap. Oh, perfect. By River Wireless. And I was like, oh, that's that. And it, it, it was great. Just real folky, mm-hmm. nice sounding kind of thing. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, while Gus is running after Tommy is Dirty Paws by Of Monsters and Men. Mm-hmm. Which the first time I watched this episode, I was singing along with it uh, right off the top because it's like, oh, I love this song so much, and then it really amps you up and gets you like in that mode for like, all right, let's go on an adventure with Gus. I'm ready. Yeah, I had a feeling the music was going to be a big hit for you, um, mm-hmm. if not in this episode, then probably the entire series without having watched it yet. Yeah. I had a feeling it was going to strike a chord with you. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You know me. I do. <laughs> I do. That's awesome. Yeah, and I saw that, uh, talking about CGI, um, the ears for Gus are not CGI. Those are animatronic. Did you know that? Um, I think I had heard something. I, I wasn't that, sure, but, sure, but I thought they did a really, really good job. Yeah. Because um, it's a really great detail. I think I mentioned them. I like how, yeah, with like the different sounds and he, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of perk up and, and you know, react before he does to things. I know. I love really that cool detail. They're, they, they really kind of, if you couldn't read his face, just watch his ears. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. He was so cute. That's awesome. Well, thanks for that music section. I look forward to um, hearing more mm-hmm. as we continue. I feel like the music was probably going to be pretty good. All right. Well, we've covered all of mine. So with that being said, right. I think it's a good time to, um, see what our listeners had to say. And they did have some thoughts. So I'll take the first one. Um, this is from Maria Lawson. She writes, I thought it was really charming. I went in having no idea what to expect, but miss hearing you all podcast. So I figured I would give this a try. I just got Apple TV plus. So I haven't seen Lisey's story yet. My husband initially scoffed at the first few minutes as being just too weird. And then ended up watching the whole thing. It's a wild concept for sure, but I'm here for it. Oh, that's nice. awesome. It's good to have you back Maria. Um, and thanks for the nice thing. Um, saying that you missed hearing us. That's it warms yeah. my heart. It really does. Thank you. It's <laughs> lovely. All right. This one comes from Don Elizabeth says I'm in. I had to keep reminding myself that this is Disney. When Gus's father died, it looked like Gus had no idea of how to fend for himself, but he did an admirable job of it after all. Very curious to see where this is going to go and how Gus is going to manage out in the world. Looking forward to your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, it's I, not. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Disney, but it's, it's right? a WB thing. Yeah. It's Warner Brothers. And then with Netflix release. And it's a, yeah, it's a DC offshoot comics. But. But yeah, but still, I see kind of where you're going. It's like, they're not going to just like uh-huh. leave this kid <laughs> all on his own for too long. He's going to find his his companions for sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, Wendy Ott Eppers says, I thought it was a great first episode. The actor who plays Gus is an amazing little actor. So relative to our world now. Um, I'm really excited about the show. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. All right. And then this one is from Lindsay Schlicht. She says, hey, guys. So first five minutes and I was like, nope, I cannot do another virus into the world apocalypse show. We were just talking mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Between COVID, The Stand and The Walking Dead, I just didn't think I could stand another one. I'm so glad I stuck it out. I, I'm so glad I stuck it out, though. Although I'm not entirely sure where this show is going to go, I can really see the potential at it being great. 
The premise is interesting and unique. Gus is likable, and you can see how Big Man, his name for now, is going to end up the gruff but lovable father figure for Gus. I'm excited for this one and so glad you guys talked me into it, so to speak. Looking forward to your coverage. P.S. Did anyone else get a John Dory vibe from Pubba? Made me miss him all the more. <laughs> I did get a little bit of a John Dory vibe. Yeah. Lindsay. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're here for it. Uh, I'm I'm with you. That yeah. I was like, oh boy, I don't know if I can do another pandemic story, but I, I think hopefully we're yeah. moving on from that and won't focus. That won't be the focus. So hopefully, yeah. Like um, I said, I'm, that'll help. I'm thinking, yeah, with the narration saying, "But our story starts here." Yep. I'm hoping, yeah, that that means that we the, the virus isn't really a, a talking. But we might get some little I, bits here and there with some flashbacks. Yeah, but I don't, but I don't think it'll it's be the not primary. the driving force, right? I don't think yeah. it'll be. That's not where we're gonna. I don't think spend all of our time. I hope so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but thank you for trying it out and being with us. Um, All right, so we got an email this week as well from our friend Fran. She says, greetings all. Funny thing how here again, like with Mayor of Easttown, my sister told me she watched Sweet Tooth a while back and said it was very good, but I was skeptical saying, eh, whatever. And then you guys announced it for the next viewing party. I thought, oh no, this will be corny. I couldn't have been more wrong. I'm loving it. Um, brief, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, yay. Um, she goes on, brief thoughts on episode one. So heartwarming. An immediate affinity for the characters. Pandemic and the collapse of society order. It's becoming scarier to see these depictions. The twitching sign of sickness. Viral attack on central nervous system. The beauty and mystery of nature. But Dag seeing those hybrid babies was creepy as heck. Gus's ability <laughs> to speak, unique. Pop- Papa was just as surprised. What's with the syrup? Just for sugar? Something in Gus's system like diabetes or due to a component of his dear self? The mystery of Gus's mother, his quest to find mama, and how will the doctor connect in for finding a cure? The poachers and big man, lots of backstory about to unfold for all of these things. Choco candy? I want one, lol. My number one is, how can you not fall in love with this boy? Looking forward to you guys breaking it all down. Yay! Blessings, Fran in New York. Yes, I agree with so much of all of that. That yeah, and you pointed out some really good things. Yeah, the the syrup is an interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it just thing? Maybe just if he needs it or just the sweet tooth aspect of him? Because I love how even Tommy is the name of the the big man. Is Tommy Jeopard? Like I mentioned, with the <laughs> we get his name at the beginning on the TV screen. I guess not as many people caught that as. As I thought. <laughs> I mean, eagle eye there, but, Peak. Kudos on you. I totally <laughs> missed it. And I'm like, damn, Rima, mm-hmm. you're slacking on your um, detail. Because usually I'm good with details. And clearly, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to claim it up to being sleep deprived is all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's my, that's yeah. my defense. I like how he uh, tells him to, to plant beets because that'll be good for his sugar intake. So <laughs> Yeah, balance it out a little bit, kid. Eat your vegetables to balance out the sugar. What kid is going to do that? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's something that he needs for his biology being a hybrid or um, if it's just, hey, he's a kid and he's got a sweet tooth. I have a, a terrible sweet tooth. It gets me in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. So it could just be he's got an affinity for sweets. I don't know. Maybe we'll find that out mm-hmm. as we move along yeah. in the story. There could be a reason for um, that. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, everyone, for leaving uh, your feedback. I think we've got some good interest 
Um, and this one, I know it had already aired in its past. So I'm glad to see people are either coming around to it for the first time or um, rewatching with us. Um, we did get also a voicemail from our good friend, Steve. So let's see what he has to say this week. All right. Hello, Pake and Rima. Welcome back. Strange Indeed with Sweet Tooth. I actually did binge watch this a few months ago, but uh, I'm going to do my best to not spoil anything because I don't remember a lot of it. So, I mean, I remember a lot, but I don't. Anyway, I'll try not to spoil things. <laughs> I just heard them say the Guardians defense and they showed a football player. Were they uh, were they foreshadowing Cleveland changing its name? <laughs> this wasn't the football team. It was the baseball team, wasn't it? So never mind. Oh, very cute. Got a pet name for him. And he's got all these books that he wrote. Yeah, he wrote them. Hey, that's the name of Daryl's dog. Dog. Well, this can't be good. The fence is down. Oh, yeah, this guy's not looking for his sister. That's way too ominous. The road's no place for you, my friend. <laughs> that's what you took from that conversation? Oh, sometimes all a boy has is his imagination. Oh. Oh, he left him a map for where the box is, and it took him a year to find it, I guess. Oh, that can't be good. I mean, everybody loves chocolate, but when it slides away from you like that, yeah, you might want to run. <laughs> they don't make them bigger than me. I actually got a little misty-eyed there right at the end with the big man, big man, take me. Of course, I know where the show goes, so it might be why I'm emotional. All right. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about it, and uh, this rewatch is going to be great. Sweet. All right, awesome. Great feedback. Thank you, Steve. Um, love that live steving as always. Yeah. You know, some live steving for the episode, even though he's seen the whole series. Yeah. And he did a great job of not going anywhere else, so we're good. Yes, yeah. thank you for being able to <laughs> omit spoilers. Um Cause yeah, um, if you have just as a side note, uh, which might might be a good time to bring it up, is that if you have already watched it, which is totally fine and understandable, mm-hmm. um, and you decide to leave feedback, do your best to try to not spoil. I know it can be difficult because you've got those details and um, you know um, about the story and what happens. Um, try not to do that if you can. If you're going to leave us feedback, because I'd prefer not to um, be yeah. spoiled. <laughs> so um, please and thank you. But thank you, everyone that that wrote in. Um, hope you know that you enjoy um, our coverage of it for sure. Because I I like this show so far. Episode one, I'm in it. Good. I'm in it. Yeah, I'm glad. I was I was wondering, yeah, like, how it would be with you because I've been sitting on this episode a while. Because it was like you know I watched it way back then, mm-hmm. and then haven't been able to go any further. But I was like, man, since I've had all this time to really stew on this pilot episode, I'm like. I really hope Rima really likes it. I know, especially because you have been sitting on it for so long. And if I had said, you know, I just don't think I'm into it. And you could be like, damn, I could have watched it a long time ago and gotten yeah. this out of my system. Um, uh-huh. But it was hopefully worth the wait because now you can, oh, after yeah. we're done here, you can go watch that second episode. Um, oh, that is coming up on the docket very soon for this evening. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I've got time for that later too. Um, as things wind down for me as well and, and catch that second episode. Cause I really want to see the start of this adventure um, and, and where mm-hmm. we go next. So thank you for everyone um, for writing in and taking the time. It's always appreciative that you take time out of your day um, to let us know what you think. 
I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about next week or next week's episode, which we'll be covering episode two of Sweet Tooth titled, Sorry About All the Dead People. Mm-hmm. I I, the, <laughs> I had to do a double take when I read that title. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, I think that's what kind of gets me. This is a very heartwarming story. There's a lot of heart in this show I'm finding, and it, mm-hmm. it really draws the emotion but at the same time, there's a darkness to it as well, yeah. which I love. Um, so, oh, yeah. and that title is, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in for that. <laughs> no description. I'm not giving any descriptions because I don't want to um, hear it. But um, yep. that's what we're going to talk about next week. So hopefully you guys will be there for that. And we are really excited that you followed us to Yellowstone and we ask that you please also follow us on Twitter at strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger And you can email us at stranger at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for strange indeed on Apple podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, um, you can check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called run for your lives. Got a sneak peek for us this week. Yeah. This week's episode that will be up now or soon, depending on when you're listening to this for this week coming up. Is a quiet place part two. Ooh. You're going going back and hanging out with the Abbott family and seeing how their adventure continues to unfold. And that, yeah, I it, it was a great one. I I love that movie and those movies both just so much. Same. And yeah, it was great to to go into that one and another newer movie. It's it's always great when we get to cover something new. Yeah, yeah, that must be fun for you guys because you'll you'll often cover you know, some that have, you know, been out for either a little while or somewhat new, but something really new, um, you guys don't often get to do. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'm a fan as well of those movies. I saw, um, quiet place Two a couple weeks ago at the drive-in, um, me and yeah, me and nice. my kiddo went and, um, spent the night there, not spent the night, but spent an evening at mm-hmm. the drive-in. Um, it's one of our favorite pastimes here and was just, wow. Um, yeah, very great. So, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. I think that'll be great coverage. Glad you guys picked that one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. We'll be sure to check them out, everyone. And not just that one, but all the ones, all the movies that you guys have covered. Yeah, we've got, we've got a lot on our bet. We're, we're coming up on the, we've been doing it for almost a year. Cause (gasps) yeah, that's episode 49, I think. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Congrats. <laughs> oh my God. Where did time go? <laughs> right. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, you say it feels like you guys just started. Um, wow. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Kate. And Jose Estrada is strange indeed.